Welcome to our Jackson home this week. We are joined by Seth Chandler. He's the Chief Sailing Officer at DCA DCPR. Um, Seth, welcome to the Our Jackson Home Podcast. Well, it's good to be here, Kevin. Thank you. Seth, why don't you introduce yourself to our uh, listeners? Well, um, I am not the most interesting man in America, that's for sure. Uh, I work, uh, I've, I've had a, a really great run in the advertising and publicity business. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's really, um, it's just been a phenomenal career. I've had tons of fun. I've traveled the world. Still doing it, probably will do it until I die, but our number one thing that we do at DCA DCPR, which is a terrible marketing name for a company, and we can get into that at some point <laughs> if you'd like, but uh, we shorten the distance between our customers and their customers mm-hmm. through communication. Mm-hmm. Every possible means of communication that exists, we, we work to shorten that gap. Uh, it could be it's for sure it's website it's it's e-commerce it's social media it's everything it's basically maintaining your vibe online mm-hmm. uh, what is your company vibe and how do you really milk it for all it's worth without without over milking it and killing the cow you know so um, so every single thing about your company and communicating with a target audience whether it's business to business consumer uh, doesn't matter um, that that's been what I've done for my entire life, and I cannot wait to get up every morning. That's that's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about you personally, then. Oh uh-huh. man, uh, I am. If you look up adult ADD in the dictionary, <laughs> I think my picture's there. I'm not sure because I don't read, so <laughs> I'm waiting for the movie. When the dictionary comes out in the form of a movie, I'll go watch it. But All other right. than that, uh, no, I'm. Apparently, I'm told by everybody, I don't see this at all, but apparently I'm told that I'm kind of uh, everywhere all at once. And um, so I I'm, I have these varied interests, which is one of the reasons I wanted to get in the advertising business. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, one minute I'm working on ice cream or gelato, mm-hmm. and now it's gelato, of course, but... Uh, yeah. Uh, it used to be Dippin' Dots. We helped launch Dippin' Dots okay. many years ago. Yeah, it was a great run there, too. But it might be banking. It might be gelato. It might be motorcycles. It might be, uh, who knows, food service equipment, yeah. smokers. You name it, we've yeah. done it. Uh, smokers as in barbecue smokers. I was going to say, uh, one of the things I love about marketing, because I'm also in marketing, is uh, learning about the client's business. Oh, and yeah. I know way too much about pet cremation. Yeah. Which is kind of similar to smokers, but yeah. different. Yeah, it's a, you could probably smoke the pets and... Yeah. No, we can't no, talk about that. Peter's going to call. <laughs> uh, from Jackson, from the area? No, I'm from? from Middle Tennessee originally. Middle Tennessee. I grew up in Hohenwald, Tennessee. Okay. It's a huge town over in Middle Tennessee. Of about... It's a pretty well-known town, though, regardless of how large it is. Yeah, not Hole in the Wall, which is what everybody says. And there's one other place in Hohen... in uh, the world named Hohenwald, and it's in Germany. Okay. It's a little Swiss settlement. Uh, Hohenwald, Tennessee. is, in... It's a great little town, and I grew up there, went off to college, went to Fried Hardeman University, ended up marrying this my smoking hot wife, Ashley. And uh, we settled here in Jackson. Why? I'm not sure. And and then we stayed here. Mm. And from the very beginning of our company, though, we've done business from Italy to Australia almost. I mean, it's just been all over the board. We do business literally all over the world. Only a few, maybe a small handful of clients that are here in Jackson or in Tennessee even. And the rest are spread out all over the world. And so... Oftentimes the question comes, why? 
are you here mm-hmm. instead of Nashville or Chicago or New York or LA? Yeah. And I'm in Nashville, Chicago, New York, and LA a lot. And yeah. um, it's it's difficult for me. I don't care for the traffic at all. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of fun to get out of that and come back to a grounding spot. Mm-hmm. And and our church family was huge here. We were very involved in Campbell Street Church of Christ and have been since we got married. Are you a, like a lead guitarist over there? <laughs> yeah, no, not, no, not exactly. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm the piano player, not. Um, no, I really can't play any instrument. Uh, I thought I could, but it's been proven. <laughs> After exhaustive research, it's proven I can't play an instrument. So, yeah. Uh, family, you have. You mentioned your wife. Four children. Four children. Two grandchildren. Hey, woo, woo. That's, awesome. that's a game changer, man. I want to Is tell it? you, grandchildren are amazing. They're amazing. But yeah, four kids. Uh, the, the oldest has written two books, so okay. I'm pretty sure I'm not the father. Um, there's no <laughs> no guarantee that I'm the father because he has written two books. Okay. And uh, this is this is the the epitome of the thing that I've always said all my life. You know what happens to the A students? I don't. I wasn't one, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Good. Well, <laughs> you actually probably represent this concept. The A students end up having to go to work for the C students. Oh, yeah. Because the C students go out and start companies. Well, yep. that's exactly what my oldest did. He's got a. <laughs> He worked um, in the financial sector for a while, and then he started his own company, and, and it's done really well. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, my daughter has a, opened a coffee shop in Denver called Purple Door Coffee that is always on the top 10 coffee shops in Denver list. Okay. Uh, and it's a social enterprise. It employs, it, it's a job training thing that employs homeless people. Is it kind of like Community Cafe locally? It's, the community Cafe came to her grand opening okay. before it was Community Cafe. Okay. The daughters of, uh, they were there. The uh, uh, Some of uh, the kids from the family that uh, started Community okay. Cafe were there. And um, it was a, it was an amazing, uh, it's, it's an amazing run. It's going really well. Mm-hmm. She's left that and is off to start something else. Mm-hmm. Who knows what now? Um, so, and then uh, a son, Denver, who is kind of like me, kind of, moderately special needs you know uh and he's um he has a bookstore in downtown jackson called oz rare and used books which is right next to woodstock right exactly right there and uh uh, it may not always be there but that's where it is right now Uh and and it's that's been a blessing for him and for us and then youngest son noah just finished his baseball career at harding university just married this beautiful girl who uh, has one more semester in college, and there he's working in an aspiring agent program with State Farm and okay. in Searcy. And I'm sure when she graduates, they'll move someplace. But um, you know, who knows? I hope Orlando, because Disney's there, and I love Disney. You love Disney. Yeah. Okay. So we, I made a joke at the top of the show that you made before we got on the air was Chief Sailing Officer. Right. So big water guy. Big water guy. Yeah. Love water. Love the deeper the better. Okay. The bluer the better. But, you know, and the, the title Chief Sailing Officer came from, uh, this is a long story. I'll t- I don't ha- have any idea how much time we have. Just so go for it. I'll try to keep it short. But DCA started as a college project. It was a college class. Okay. It started as Chandler and Company Advertising. Then it took off after I graduated. Uh, met a guy named Jim Davidson. We became partners, and we changed the name to DCA Davidson. Well, we called it Davidson Chandler Advertising, which was still a lot of syllables. It's a lot, yeah. So we shortened it to DCA. 
And then we started in the publicity business sometime after that, and that really started wagging the dog. I mean, the publicity business is so misunderstood how to get free press. Uh, and we just nailed it, I guess, in some ways. And so it became a big part of our business. So then it was DCA, and we had DCPR, we had DC Telecom, we had Media Photographic, we had all these little shell companies, if you will. Mm-hmm. But the things that were really the drivers in the business, DCA, DCPR. And then a public company bought us in 1995. I was 34 years old, and I sold the company to, we, my partner and I sold our company to a public company. And pretty much we were set for life, mm-hmm. except that you go from being the owner to being an employee, and that doesn't go well. Yeah, it's like breaking in a horse. Yeah, it's not so easy. And I didn't do well as an employee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did well in, on all the work-related stuff, but I didn't do well with, uh, you can't park there, that's somebody else's parking space. <laughs> Whatever, so yeah. have me towed then. You know, you got to wear this, <laughs> you can't wear that. And I didn't do well. So I didn't enjoy it at all. Mm-hmm. And a year and a half later, I bought it back. And we had a core group of people that were fantastic. And we came together and we said, what do we want as a company? And we wanted a kinder, gentler company. We didn't care about accounting. We didn't care about anything except doing the things that we loved. Family first. Mm-hmm. If, you're, uh, if you've got kids and you work for me and you miss one of their ball games, we're going to have a problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want family to be first. We can, I mean, it's advertising. Good grief. I mean, are you really going to have an emergency where you have to skip all your kids' events so you can create communication platforms most of the time you do that at two in the morning anyway because that's when the creative juices are flowing you're not interrupted Mm -hmm. so we bought this back and we wanted a kinder gentler company so we said all right who do we want as clients and who do we not want as clients Mm -hmm. well i said boats motorcycles rvs you know fun stuff um food service is always fun because we love to eat and after exhaustive research it's been proven that people who eat live longer and uh, so we like to eat so you know we, we we very strategically decided who we wanted as clients and we wanted to be a fun company so we changed completely the direction of our name and and our titles that's where chief sailing officer came okay. from it's a long story no but that's Sorry. a good one no that's uh that's awesome so so not just the love for the water but it was because you wanted a kinder, gentler company. Well, and another wonderful reason for being in the marketing business, and you may have figured this out by now, Mr. Marketing Business Dude, <laughs> is that you pick your passion and then go get people to pay you to do it. Yeah. I'm I get paid to travel the country and ride motorcycles with Corvette engines on. It's pretty awesome. Just got back from Sturgis, South Dakota. I've been to Sturgis every year since 2003. Not that it's a place you should go. Well, uh, I've heard stories. It's uh, unreal. I mean, it's everything you've heard, multiply that times 10. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy. Uh, so, I mean, you know, you get to do things you love, mm-hmm. and other people pay you to do it, as long as you do a good job. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm still working on what I want to do when I grow up. So. Yeah, well, me too. <laughs> me too. Um, all right, well, let's head into the first break, Seth, and then we'll come back and let's learn a little bit more about some of the stuff DCA, DC Park, PR has done. So uh, between the uh, Tennessee and Mississippi rivers, this is R. Jackson. (laughs) 
And welcome back to Our Jackson Home. I'm here with the CEO of uh, DCA, DCPR, Seth Chandler. Uh, Seth, so you've been in the marketing business for a long time now. Yep. Um, what? So you you kind of talked about what your firm does. Um, let's I just we get to it. You mentioned gelato a couple of times already. Mm-hmm. Near and dear to my heart. Near and dear to your heart. <laughs> uh, maybe hopefully good for your heart. Better know. than ice cream. Better yes. than ice cream. Yes. Um, You've recently been working with a project called Gelato World Tour. Right. What What is that? Gelato World Tour is, um, it's it's like Cotton Council. You know, it's 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 the promotion of the concept of artisan gelato throughout the world. We've been literally all around the world. This year we were in Tokyo and China and Chicago, and we'll be in Germany. We'll be in New York. LA and San Diego and San Francisco before the year is out or within the next six months we'll be in all those places and we get it's a competition amongst gelato artisans from that area from all over the world okay literally Um, and those gelato artisans come together to compete for the best gelato flavor at this particular event yeah the winners of those events move on to Rimini Italy for the best gelato flavor in the world. Okay. And obviously Italy is well known for gelato. I got involved in this. It it actually did start in Italy and it started as a part of the Renaissance. Okay. Uh, Catherine de Medici. And I know all this because we did a documentary. documentary Which is online. It is, it is, it is. And and, uh, we've partnered with some folks from the Food Network and done some other cool things in the television production side of this. But... um, but the Gelato World Tour is designed to promote the concept of artisan gelato. What is artisan gelato versus ice cream you buy in a grocery store or gelato you buy in a grocery store? If you can buy it in a grocery store, it's not artisan gelato. Okay. Unless it's in one of those cases and they have an artisan who is making gelato every single day. Artisan gelato is fresh made every morning. It's made from all natural and fresh ingredients. Mm-hmm. Nothing, uh, you know, no packaged anything. Nothing you can't go get at a farm. Right. It's, 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 it's natural. It's better for you, way better for you than ice cream. It has a third the calories, and uh, it's unreal how, how much better it is for you. But it's still ice cream-like, it's so it's, you know, yeah. you got to be careful with it. But um, you'll notice you don't see nearly as many fat Italians as you see fat Americans, right? So uh, there's a reason for that. I'm sure it has to be with gelato. But uh, so my job with the Gelato World Tour, and by the way, that's put together by a consortium of, of uh, industry people who are involved in the gelato world, in the gelato, uh, in, in providing in equipment or supplies or whatever to gelato makers around the world and their goal is to promote gelato. Yeah. And here's the here's the interesting statistic. North Americans consume 5 gallons of ice cream per year per person on average. That's double the next nearest per capita average, which is Italy at 2 and a half gallons of gelato, not ice cream, but gelato. So we produce, we consume over fifty percent of all of the world's frozen desserts in the United <laughs> States. Fifty percent of all the frozen desserts are consumed in the United mm-hmm. States. Gelato represents less than one percent of that. It's a so if, opportunity. if we improve our market share by 
1%, we double our share of the market. Mm-hmm. If we produce 10%, and now every other country in the world, gelato has overtaken ice cream in a big way. So people hire us to come in and make that happen. How do you make that happen? And so that's what we're doing. And that's what we've done our entire existence. Uh, mm-hmm. For 30 years, we've done it with, well, we helped launch, I think I mentioned earlier, Dippin' Dots and others. And uh, so ice cream has always been a part of my life, you know, since birth, I guess I was eating. I think my mom fed me ice cream from a very early age, and I love it. But uh, so, so it's that's just one of many types of projects that we're involved in. So, what kind of client is a normal? A lot of fun stuff. You mentioned the motorcycle with the Corvette. Boss Haas motorcycles. And tell us what is tell us about those. Oh well, they're the most powerful production bike on the planet. Uh-huh. Um, um, I always loved motorcycles. I had a motorcycle from. A very early age. Do you still ride? I do. What do you I, ride? I ride a Boss Haas. Oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, and they uh, <laughs> they are incredibly powerful. Um, they are the smallest one is four hundred and forty five horsepower. The biggest Harley is about a hundred and ten horsepower. So to put that into perspective, do you really need all that power? No. Not no. really. No. But it is surely cool to do it. And uh, and there are as many. And Boss Haas is actually produced. They're actually manufactured in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Okay, so right up the road. Right up the road, but they're sold all over the world. There are more of them in Germany than there are in the United States. Really? Yes, and most of well, them... Well, they've got the Autobahn, so... Well, they do, and I have actually ridden a Boss Haas on the Autobahn, and that is an experience. That would be fun. I actually got a speeding ticket on oh. the Autobahn. Not on a Boss Haas. I was in a Ford Fiesta diesel, and I got a speeding <laughs> ticket on the Autobahn. The uh, the radio, the fan listeners can't tell, but I am tipping my hat to the man who's got a speeding ticket on the Autobahn. Yeah, yeah. don't believe that you can go any speed on the Autobahn. There are little <laughs> tiny sections. If you three, if you see three vertical black stripes, that means prepare to slow down. Okay. <laughs> Which they didn't probably didn't tell you. Yeah, before. and you go from 200 kilometers per hour to 60. To slow down. I mean, if you're going 200, yeah. which is the most... A Ford Fiesta diesel will go <laughs> downhill, floored, and it's shaking. From personal experience, way. you yes. can know that. I know this. I know this. Yes. That's awesome. Slow down, even on the Autobahn. Yeah. Yeah. So they're made in Dyersburg. Um, so what are some other types of clients that y'all Oh, for? one of my favorite is right here in this town, Kaufman's Furniture. Okay. Uh, we've done business with them for years, and they, I guess they epitomize the type of business we want as a client. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, they have integrity. They have them. I've never met a family with more integrity than the Kaufman's family. Never in my life. That's, that's um, high praise. That to me is more important than any success you have in business or in any form of life, mm-hmm. education, any other way. If you have no integrity, it doesn't matter how successful you are. And they're just, they just, I'm drawn to them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, they, if they say they're going to do something, they do it. And um, they're just great business people. But they're one of our only uh, retail clients. Uh, a lot of ad agencies have retail clients. And, and they're one of our, they may be our only retail client. I don't think they are. I'm going to get in trouble for this. because. Uh, but, I mean, we don't do a ton of retail business. Yeah. It's mostly business to business and consumer advertising through you know, pull through for like a motorcycle company mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, a boat company or something like that. You know, we have a dealer base 
and we help the dealers promote their by pr- yeah. producing national stuff that pulls people through. Gotcha. So, do you and you mentioned refrigerators at one point? <laughs> yeah, refrigeration. Masterbuilt has been a client for thirty years. Mm-hmm. They're it's uh, commercial refrigeration, walk-in coolers and freezers, uh, reach-ins. You see them everywhere you go. You'll see Masterbuilt. So you may not. You would never necessarily. We wouldn't. We're not the targets of those marketing. So correct. Correct. Um, but they, they've just been unreal in the way that they, um, they provide, they've just been a great client for over 30 years doing all kinds of amazing, um, amazing projects with them. I mean, we've done, we've built trade show exhibits for them. Mm -hmm. We've done every kind of marketing you can do for a refrigeration company. Yeah. Uh, and that's, they actually... I guess 30 years ago, they put us on the map, on the PR map. Today, just I left today with a, a magazine guy who's got who's recommended us to five clients. Uh, the most recent of which is from Switzerland. Okay. And it's it's a it's a company called Frankie, and you've seen them, you've seen that brand. They're in the coffee business. They make ridiculous high-end sinks. They also outfit all of the McDonald's in Europe. Okay. So if a McDonald's is going to open a store in Europe, uh-huh. they call Frankie. They say, here it is. Fill it up with all these pro- food service equipment products. Yeah. But those guys will tell you that our real strength is in the publicity side for business to business. Mm-hmm. Doing tra- uh, promote. I mean, like you get a press release printed for a company that makes refrigerators. What does that do? Is that really – Facebook is important? Why is that important? What about – how would you use a Vimeo channel or, or YouTube for somebody like that? And that's that's kind of where we've found your niche. Really found a niche. Niches are a great place, to, great yeah. thing to find. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, we're gonna we'll close it off there, and we're gonna come back and talk about something we got into in the break that I could tell you were really excited about. So, from our front porch to yours, this is our Jackson Hunt. Seth Chandler, he's the CEO of DCA DCPR, and we've talked a couple times about boats and water. Um, and you, during one of the breaks, completely unscheduled, we started. You started telling me about this project you're working on, um, and I can tell you were really excited about it. And I think it would be a great thing for the show. So, you have a boat. I do. I actually have two boats. You have two boats. I have one for each foot. <laughs> you need to buy a boat, so I only need one for one foot. Yeah. No, um, I'm in love with sailing. Okay. And, you know, my entire life, we ended up with Island Packet as one of our clients. And I have a shot that I took that's on the cover of uh, one of the calendars for Cruising World magazine. It's I love sailing, just mm-hmm. to, say, to say it as quickly and efficiently yeah. as I can. I love it. And um, so I'm always looking for ways to do what I'm passionate about in a way that gives back. And I love church. I love Campbell Street. I, I feel like we need to um, we need to give back to our community, to the people that we love and the people that we don't love necessarily. Even some of our enemies, we need to be kind to them too. And so church has always been a very important part of my life. But as I've gotten older, I think churches have become 
these big palaces that we go and hide in and we hide from the real work that God has in mind for us to do, which is not sitting in a padded pew, um, making sure we get all the elements of worship done properly. I think there are more important things for us to do. And I'm not against that. I do that. If I'm in town, I'm in church, right? Um, So my daughter actually with her social enterprises had the idea. Well, she went on a couple of these uh, minister at rest programs. So I thought, man, that would be the coolest thing ever. And I ended up in possession of this boat called Emmanuel. And it's a around a 50 foot sailing vessel built in Greece, world-class cruiser. It's an amazing boat, uh, but it needs to be completely refit. It was built in 1975. It's a classic-looking boat, but it needs a lot of work, and nobody was willing to take it on as a project. So I'm talking to the guy that owned it, and, he, and I said, Emmanuel, that's an interesting name for a boat. So he started telling me the story that um, this boat over the last 10 years has smuggled over 150,000 pounds of Bibles into Cuba. I probably shouldn't be saying this on air, <laughs> but I'm going to say it anyway because I don't care. We've got planes going to yeah. Cuba now. So. so a Canadian captain actually was in charge of that vessel, and a Canadian could go to Cuba. Mm. And so they would load that big boat up with Christian literature and take it to Cuba and other places in the Caribbean. But in Cuba, it was against the law to bring it in. And so I thought, man, that is the coolest story ever. And I can't believe I'm telling this on a podcast. But um, so I said, well, I can promise you one thing, sir. If I ever ended up with your boat, I'd never change the name of your boat. Mm. And he said, why is that? Are you a Christian? I said, well, I am a Christian. And he said, he said well, what would you do with my boat? And I told him the story. What I want to do is I want to, I want to provide a ministry uh, to ministers. So I want to provide a way for ministers and their wives who get literally eaten up and spit out by churches. Mm-hmm. If you've ever, and I'm, I've never been a minister, but I've been an elder in a church. Mm-hmm. And I'm not an elder now, but I was for a long time. And, and, I, and, I, and I watched us, I watched me chew up and spit out ministers. And it's a tough gig for ministers. They mm-hmm. can't win. It's like being the referee at a ball game. No yeah. matter what call you make, 50% of the people hate you and the other 50% <laughs> love you. So it's a terrible we treat our ministers badly in churches in the United States. I mean, a lot of us do, not everybody. Some people have it figured out and they take care of their ministers. Most churches don't have any kind of retirement plan for ministers. Most churches don't contribute a nickel to their taxes. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. How do we get away with that? So I felt like, you know, if ministers have dedicated their lives to something, they should be able to go and have a respite, a getaway that is absolutely first class so our goal is for uh, a church member to nominate their minister and his wife to go on one of our week-long chartered cruises with a chef and a christian captain and the husband and wife and you spend a week cruising some amazing place around the keys uh, the bahamas uh, anywhere in the caribbean frankly for that matter and for 12 weeks out of the year, we're going to make that available to ministers and their wives, but not if the minister or the wife asks. Somebody else has to ask for them. So that's that minister. It's called Anathelos, uh, it, which is to renew and rejuvenate, be reborn. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's also a Greek word for a Greek boat. It makes sense. So yeah, that's... it's just been amazing. My daughter Madison is helping, and we'll have a board of people who actually select the ministers and their wives who were recommended to the program to participate in it. 
That's really cool. And so it would be no cost to them? Or? No cost to the minister or their wives. Uh, we're covering all the costs uh, for the boat and for the food and for the getting, you know. Uh, and then For the captain. For the cat, all that, yeah. And uh, I'll be the captain. So. Or, or other Christian captains who have their captain's license. So, uh, and then we'll go back to the churches that, that we, that nominated these people and say, okay, now you guys pony up for getting them to Key West so they can board the ship. And we're going from Key West to Grand Bahamas and we're going to be cruising for a week. Then they'll fly from Grand Bahamas back home the next week. Mm-hmm. And so we'll, they'll, you know, that's kind of the way, that's the, the sort of the. That's really cool. Yeah, that's it. It's amazing. And I'm, again, I don't know that it's actually, I feel selfish actually in some ways because I'm doing something that I love and considering it a ministry. So in some ways it feels incredibly selfish. Hmm. I don't know. But that's one of the reasons I don't want anybody, I'm not asking, I won't, I'm not taking donations. It's not a nonprofit. Yeah. I talked to Frank McMean about making it a nonprofit, and then it's like, yeah, but that that's not, I mean, I guess you could. Yeah. But I don't want somebody else to pay for my passion. Yeah. And to make it a ministry. So anyway, anyway, it's not, it's just going to be. That's exciting. One of that's the ways cool. I give back. That's a, and that's a very unique way to give back. Yeah. I hope it works. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you in a couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, if you need if you need a test, oh, test, you're volunteering. Uh, I can I can test for that. Um, so so Seth, you go around you go around the world all the yep. time. I imagine your passport is a very colorful. It's colorful. Document. It is. It's um, fun. You you see a lot of the world, and you come back to Jackson. Mm-hmm. What do you see coming up for Jackson? What would you like to see coming up for Jackson that could make this an even better place? To well, live? if you go to a place like Sturgis, South Dakota, now I'm not suggesting we have the second largest motorcycle rally in the world because you're never going to pass Sturgis. But 75 years ago, there was a motorcycle drag racing scenario every Saturday night or a certain time of the year or whatever. And somebody decided, man, we ought to have a motorcycle rally. So they started the motorcycle rally. And now it's the world's largest motorcycle rally. People pay their house payment in Sturgis for the year by renting out their house for one week yeah. while Sturgis is going on. That's how much it costs to rent a house. There are no hotels. It's a town the size of slightly bigger than Medina. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not bigger than Medina now because Medina is growing pretty pretty quickly. Yeah. But uh, it's a town like that, and there would be as many as a million people in that town riding motorcycles, four or 500,000 motorcycles, a million people. Yeah. And it's it's just a whole... So what I'm seeing that Jackson is missing is taking something like Blues Fest or whatever that used to be, and I don't even think we do that anymore, taking something and owning it yeah. and turning it into something much bigger. Uh, Bonnaroo, something like that, mm-hmm. uh, that puts it on the map. Yeah. Um, but what comes with that is a lot of stuff that would make the residents unhappy mm. for a week. You know, I'm yeah. sure if you lived anywhere near Bonnaroo, you'd be like, yeah. these drug addicts are getting on my nerves up in here, you know? So I, I don't know, maybe. I, I was in Nashville yesterday uh, attending a uh, the, attending the Vikings beating the Titans. Yeah, that was terrible. It was, uh, it was great, actually. Are you a Vikings fan? I'm a Vikings fan. Um, All right, this interview's over. We, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and this guy, this random guy, just walked past me and was complaining about how much he hated tourists in Nashville. And I was like, yeah. Hey. Move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, 
you're gonna have to go somewhere else because it's not changing. Yeah. Um, and I think that's I think that's a wise word of caution about that kind of thing is you're gonna make the current residents uncomfortable, but for a week, but the economic benefit that comes from that. Well, yeah, and and just you know doing something fun for the community. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's missing from here, uh, and a lot of people have done it and done it successfully, but it requires a, a tremendous amount of stick to mm-hmm. which we don't have here. That's the part that I see that's missing. Mm-hmm. We're not sticking to it. What we're sticking to is a tiny, um, a very industrial base, which mm-hmm. is good, yeah. but a tiny town that's a pretty decent place to raise a family, mm-hmm. which is why we're still here. And uh, I mean, we've there are tons of ways we could make it different, but then again, you know, it's just another... Uh, it's a great place to live, and do you want to really mess with that? Yeah. So it's a, it's a hard balance. Yeah. Um, and a good one to think about. Mm-hmm. Seth, thank you for thank My you pleasure. for Kevin. joining us. Thank you for helping to make Jackson a better place. I, I don't know that I did that. Actually, probably made it worse. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks, Kevin. episode was uh, hosted by Kevin Adelsberger. Our intro music was performed by Aaron Harden. It was recorded live at The Cove. To find out more about The Cove, visit their website at www.atthecove.com. To find out more about our Jackson home and to read about more about how amazing Jackson is, visit our Jackson home.